Welcome to this exciting sermon from World Impact Community Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more sermons and resources, please do visit us at wscc.in. Praise God, church. Last week, we saw a wonderful message about the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We saw how in God's word that he's going to come back in glory. He's going to come back as a king. He's going to come back in a mighty way. In fact, the Bible says in Acts chapter 1 and verse 11, the Bible says that he is going to come back in the same way that he went up. In Acts chapter 1 11, the angels looked at the disciples and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus who has been taken up into heaven will come in just the same way as you have watched him go up to heaven. I want you to know, people of God, his return is going to be in the same way as you have seen him being taken up to heaven. What does the Bible say? It says it's going to be like a lightning. His return is going to be really amazing. Matthew 24 verse 27 says, For just as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so will the Son of Man be. It's going to be so fast. It's going to be so glorious. It's going to be so loud. It's going to be so thunderous that the whole world will know that he has come. It's going to be so amazing. And then the Bible goes on to say he's going to come in the clouds. He's going to come with an army of his angels. He's going to come back and it's going to be such an amazing return. And it's going to be a sh- with a shout, a gr- great and mighty noise. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, 17 says, For the Lord himself will descend from the heaven with a shout. So there's going to be a shout. And with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ shall first rise. And then we who are alive and remain with him will be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Hallelujah. What a joyful awaiting of the coming of the Lord. But many people, both in the time of the apostles And even today, many people are asking, but where is the return of your Lord Jesus Christ? Oh, you're saying he's coming, he's coming. Where is the return of the Lord? I want you to know Jesus is coming soon. But what does the Bible say? 2 Peter 3.3 says, First of all, you must understand the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their evil desires. They will say, where is the coming he promised? You know, the Bible even says, talks about that people will scoff. But it goes on to say from verse 8 to 10, it says, But do not forget, dear friends, that with the Lord a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. As some understand slowness, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. Hallelujah. The heavens will disappear in a roar. And the elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything will be laid bare. Just these three verses between 8, 9 and 10 has got a long time between it. There's going to be a long time between the, before the coming of the Lord and the return of the church and then God finally destroying the heavens and the earth because there's going to be a thousand years of rain. Every verse in the Bible is not something that immediately talks about an immediate event that's going to happen together. Even verses that come one after another sometimes can have thousands of years between it. But I want you to know His coming is surely going to be there. 
When we talk about his coming, God wants the church of the living God to be constantly aware and constantly thinking about the coming of the Lord. God wants us to be living and prepared for the coming of the Lord. And the Bible goes on to say, even when we partake of the communion, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 26 says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Which means every time you and I break bread and we partake of the communion, we are proclaiming, we are remembering one backward. We are remembering what he did for us on the cross. But then we are also looking forward we are until his return, until his coming. Which means every time we break bread, we must know that we are making or renewing a covenant. We are remembering the finished work and we are looking forward to the return of our king. Hallelujah. So many people around the world, they partake of the bread and wine, but they don't know what they're partaking. They don't know they're partaking the return of a king. They're partaking of his body and they're saying, we are becoming part of his body by partaking the bread. But because we are part of his body, we are also awaiting the coming of the king. Hallelujah. What a joyful moment. So the Bible goes on to say, don't run after every prophecy. You know, in the times of the apostles, many people were coming and saying, I'm Jesus, I'm the Christ, I've come back, I've come back. And the Bible is warning. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, the Bible says, concerning the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him, we ask you, brothers, don't be easily unsettled or alarmed by some prophecy. Report or letter that's supposed to have come from us saying that the Lord has already come. The Bible is warning and saying, no, don't listen to just somebody saying some prophecy. And today, you know, there are so many people, as I've grown up through the years, I've heard many people say, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. Or he's going to come in 1985. Or he's going to come in 1990. Or he's going to come in the year 2000, the Y2K. He's going to come. Many people said, but Peter was saying, don't be alarmed. Why? Because the Bible says there are going to be some signs about the coming of the Lord. And when the coming of the Lord comes, nobody knows the exact hour or the time of his coming. We saw last Sunday in Matthew's Gospel 24, we looked through it. Where Jesus begins to talk about the coming of the Lord, the signs of the end time. And we saw Matthew's Gospel 24, verse 36. But of that day and hour, no man knows. No, not the angels in heaven, but my Father only. Jesus saying the exact hour and the exact day. Only the Father in heaven knows. Nobody knows. So nobody can prophesy about the coming hour and day. But the Bible still goes on to say, even though we don't know the exact day and hour, we surely can know about the signs of his coming. We can know the approximate times and era or seasons by which we know his coming. That is why in Matthew 24, when Jesus said, when you see the fig tree beginning to blossom and put out its leaves, you know the coming is at hand. That's why the Bible says, when the abomination of desolation, when the man, the, the Antichrist, gets inside the temple in Jerusalem and seats himself in the temple, you know the beginning of the tribulation has come. God has given signs of his coming. So we must be ready for the signs of God's coming, even though no one knows the exact moment. Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, 12 and verse 40. The Bible says, you too, be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour which we do not expect. 
So how does the church need to prepare for the coming of the Lord? Is the church supposed to do something in anticipation of the coming of the Lord? What kind of life are we supposed to live? What do we need to keep in mind? How are we supposed to live? What are we supposed to live for? What are some of the things that we must spend our days and years doing while we're preparing for the coming? Philippians chapter 3 and verse 20, the Bible says, our citizenship is in heaven, hallelujah. Our citizenship is not on earth, for we are now awaiting the king or our king and our Lord to return from heaven, hallelujah. So what should be our priority? Or what should be your preoccupation, something that's on your mind all the time, until the coming of the Lord Jesus? Jesus gave us clear instructions, clear guidelines, as to what should be our preoccupation while we are awaiting the coming of the Lord. The Bible says in Matthew's Gospel chapter 25, it gives us certain things that we need to spend our life preoccupied with. The first thing the Bible says, in fact the Bible says in Matthew's Gospel chapter 24, verse 42 to 44. The first thing the Bible says, that we need to be preoccupied or must be on our mind all the time is that God wants you and me to be alert. The Bible says, therefore, be on the alert for you do not know which day the Lord is coming. And be sure of this, that if the head of the house had known at what time of the night the thief was coming, he would have been on the alert and would not have allowed his house to be broken into. For this reason, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not think he is coming. You know, at that time he will, the Bible says. People of God, God wants you to know, Jesus is coming at an hour when you and I are not ready. And if you knew when he is coming, thus the owner of the house would have been waiting. And so the Bible is saying, when he comes, it will be at a time when the world is not waiting anymore. When they have moved so forward, they're not waiting anymore. They don't want to wait. But the Bible is saying, firstly, your preoccupation must be the fact that you must be alert. The Bible says in the Gospel of Matthew and chapter 25, how should we be alert? The Bible goes on to say about a parable of 10 virgins. Matthew's Gospel 25, verse 1 to 13. The Bible says, the kingdom of God can be compared to 10 virgins who took their lambs and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, five of them were prudent. And when the foolish took the lambs, they did not take oil with them. They were not prepared. They were just prepared for the now, but not prepared for the future. They were prepared for his immediate coming, but they were not prepared for his delay. And then Jesus goes on to say, now the, while the bridegroom was delaying, they got drowsy and began to sleep. Jesus began in this parable, began to prophesy. In fact, he began to tell the church that there was going to be a delay of his coming. Listen carefully, people of God. Jesus did not leave you and me wondering. In the parable, he already said, there's going to be a delay. And while they delayed, he said, the church began to get drowsy and began to sleep. Who? Not all of the church, but a good number of the church began to get drowsy and began to sleep. But at the midnight hour, there was a shout. At the last moment, there was a shout. And I want you to know 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16 says, he's going to come with a shout. There's going to be a shout. And at that shout, what was it? Behold the bridegroom. The archangels are going to declare about his coming. And at that time, the Bible says, come out to meet him. 
But at that time, the foolish virgins came to the wise and said, can you give us some oil for our lambs are going out? But the prudent one said, no, there won't be enough for you and us. Instead, go to the dealers and buy some for yourself. And while they were going away to make the purchase, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding feast and the door was shut. I want you to know the Bible is saying, the wise servants made it to the marriage of the lamb. But the foolish servants, the foolish virgins, they did not make it to the marriage of the lamb. And he answered and said, truly I say to you, I don't know you. They were saying, Lord, please open, please open. Open up for us. And he says, I don't know you. And the Bible says, be on the alert then, for you do not know the day or the hour. Be on the alert, church, for you do not know the day or the hour when Jesus is going to come back. God is calling you and me to live a life that is alert. Are you living alert every day? Are you living conscious every day about the coming of Jesus Christ? Are you living in such a way that you know Jesus is at the door? Even the elect will be deceived, the, Matthew, the Bible said in Matthew 24. Even the elect will be deceived. And that is why you and I must endure till the end. He who endures till the end shall be saved. So if God wants us to be alert, we do not know which day the Lord is coming. That is what the Bible says in Matthew 24, 42. We don't know which day he's coming. God wants you to be alert. Just like every day while you're driving, you must be alert. While you're working, you got to be alert. And in the same way, Jesus is saying, every day, when, as you go to work, as you're alert, souls every day when you wake up, you must tell yourself, this is another day to be alert, to be ready for his coming, that God will find me alert and serving while I am living today. Because if he comes today, I don't want to be found unsure and unprepared for God's coming. The Bible says in Matthew's Gospel 24, 42 to 44, Therefore be on the alert, for you do not know which day the Lord is coming. But be sure of this, that if the head of the house had known at what time of the night the thief was coming, the Bible says he would have been on the alert and would not have allowed his house to be broken into. For this reason, you must also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not know. So the Bible is saying we've got to be alert. Like a thief in the night, Jesus is going to come back. Now, the Bible says something very special about this. In different portions in the Bible, the Bible says Jesus is going to come as a thief in the night. Now, we all know Jesus is going to come as a thief in the night, don't we? We're all aware about Jesus' coming. But I want you to know that Jesus' return for, as a thief in the night is for two groups of people, not for everybody. The first group of people that Jesus is going to come back as a thief in the night, the first group of people, the Bible says he's going to come back as a thief in the night for the unbelievers. He's going to come back as a thief in the night for the unbelievers, for those who are not willing and ready to accept Jesus for his, as his coming. He's going to come as a thief in the night for many of the people of Israel that have rejected Jesus. He's going to come as a thief in the night for the people who have been believers and received Jesus but who are sleeping Christians. So for the unbelievers and for the sleeping Christians, the Bible says he's going to come as a thief in the night. What does the Bible say about the, the believing Christians? The Bible says in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 3, so remember what you received and heard and keep it 
and repent, says the Lord. Revelation 3.3 3 is written to the churches. It says, therefore, if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know the hour in which you come. What is the Bible saying? It's saying for a church that is not alert, that is not awake, and that is not prepared for the coming of Jesus, the Bible is saying that his return is going to be at an hour where you, church, are asleep. Where you're not expecting him. When we expect somebody, we stay awake. But when we're not expecting him, we go to sleep. And Jesus is saying, my coming is going to be at a time where you're not expecting me. And Jesus is saying, so you got to wake up from your sleep and be prepared and hold on to what you received, the word of God. Keep it and repent. Therefore, if you do not wake up, I'll come like a thief in the night. Jesus is coming like a thief in the night for an hour, at an hour where you're not expecting because he's coming for the believers who are not prepared for his coming. Revelation 16 verse 15 also says, Behold, I'm coming as a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake and keeps his clothes so that he will not walk about naked and men will not see his shame. Jesus saying, every believer, when he is coming, Jesus wants us to keep our clothes with us so that when he returns, we will be dressed in white and we will be ready with robes of righteousness. What is the robes that God is saying? It is the works. It is our faithfulness. It's our fruitfulness. It is our, it's our obedience unto God that we are staying awake and ready unto God. Keep our robes ready that when he comes, we will not walk naked and men will not see their nakedness. Jesus wrote this to the church in, in Revelation and chapter 16, verse 15. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 10 says, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief in which the heavens will pass away with a roar of, and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat and the earth and its works will be burnt up. Everything is going to be destroyed by fire, the Bible says. And that is why Luke's Gospel 21 and verse 34, the Bible says, be on your guard so that your hearts will not be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and worries of life and that the day will not come upon you suddenly like a trap. For many people, the day of the Lord is going to be like a trap. The day of the Lord is going to be a surprise for many. For many, many believers, the day of the Lord is going to come when they are asleep. I know many preachers and Christians will be preaching good messages about his coming only, saying that no worries, everything's going to be fine when he comes. But I want you to know, for the believers that are not awaiting his coming, the Bible says that you will be found unclothed, unprepared. And the Bible says it's going to be like a trap. But 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1 onward says, for the believers that are waiting for his coming, hallelujah, that's not going to be like a thief in the night. 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 says, now as to the times and epochs, brethren, you have no need of anything to be written to you. For you yourself know full well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While they're saying peace and safety, then destruction will suddenly come upon them like labor pains upon a woman with a child, and they will not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness. You, brethren, are not in darkness, that the day would overtake you like a thief. What is the Bible saying? The Bible is saying a thief comes in the night, but you are not in darkness. And he says, goes on to say, for you're all sons of the light and sons of the day. We're not in darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us be sober. 
Let us be sober and alert. Sons of the day are not the ones that are found asleep. Because the thief is only going to come in the night. And he's going to try to break in only in the night. And the Bible is saying, but we are not sons of the night. We are sons of the day. We're not sons of darkness. We're sons of the light. If that is the case, then we are going to stay alert. And the people that are alert are not going to be afraid as to when will the Lord come. You know what the Bible is saying? It's powerful. It goes on to say, for those who sleep, they sleep at night. And those who get drunk, they get drunk at night. Since we are of the day, let us be sober. Having put on the breastplate of faith and love and a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath. What is he saying? Those who are the sons of the light are not destined for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we are awake or asleep, we live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build up one another just as you are also doing. The Bible goes on to say that God wants us to live in such a way that we are not in drunkenness or orgies or all kinds of wickedness, that we do not live like the sons of the darkness, that we don't be found in darkness. And this is where the Lord goes on to expose the believers. Some people say, since we are sons of the light, therefore we don't have to be afraid of darkness. But then the Revelation chapter 3 was 3 and Revelation chapter 16 was 15. The Bible goes on to say, behold, I'm coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake. That was not written to unbelievers. That was written to the believers. Blessed is the one who stays awake and keeps his clothes so that he will not walk about naked and that men will not see his shame. Church, don't listen to people that are lying to you, deceiving you and misleading you and telling you that once saved, there is nothing to be worried about. Yes, there is something the Lord requires. God wants you to live alert. He wants you and me to live alert as the sons and daughters of the light. He wants us to live in a way that we are pleasing the master and being on the guard. You know, in Luke's Gospel 21, verse 34 onwards, the Bible says, be on the guard so that your hearts will not be weighed down with dissipation, or drunkenness and worries of life and the day will, that the day will not come upon you suddenly as a trap. Three things the Bible is saying. Don't let yourself get into dissipation. What is dissipation? Dissipation is overindulgence in sensual pleasures or descent into, you know, self-lust or drunkenness or sexual, you know, all kinds of desires and things like that. Don't get into that. Secondly, dissipation is also squandering money, wasting money, and your energy and your resources however you want. God is saying, don't spend your life on that. But rather, the Bible is saying, don't spend your life on dissipation. Then he says, don't spend your life on drunkenness. But surprisingly, the Bible says, don't spend your life on worries of life. Worries of life. God equates selfish living, drunkenness, and worries and anxieties of life. He equates people doing all these three things are the same. Some people think, well, I'm not a drunkard. I'm not involved in self-love and lusts and all kinds of things. 
but they spend their life worrying about their life, anxieties. And God is saying, don't spend your life on anxieties, that the day will not come on you suddenly like a trap. If you spend your life on anxieties, the day of the Lord is going to come on you like a trap. When you are not expecting the coming of the Lord, the Bible says the coming of the Lord is suddenly going to come upon you as a trap. And I want to encourage you, my dear brothers and sisters, don't let the day of the Lord come upon you like a trap. The first thing God wants from you is that God wants you to be alert. The second thing God wants from you and me is that God wants you and me to be faithful with whatever God has entrusted us. In Matthew's Gospel 24, verse 45 to 51, the Bible says, Therefore, be on the alert, for you do not know when the Lord is coming. You know the Bible said that. But woe! Who then is the faithful and sensible slave whom his master puts in charge of his household to give him food at the proper time, blesses a slave whom his master finds doing so when he comes. Truly I say to you in, in his heart, my master is not coming for a long time and begins to beat his fellow servants and eat and drink with the drunkards. And the master of the slave will come on a day when he does not expect him. And at an hour which he does not know and will cut him in pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites. In that place, there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. God is saying, the second thing God wants you and me to do is that God wants you and me to be faithful to whatever God has entrusted us. The Bible says the master has gone on a journey and this master, like the bridegroom in Matthew 25, this master is also, the Bible says, delayed. The bridegroom in Matthew 25, in the beginning of Matthew 25, the bridegroom said he was delayed. This portion in Matthew 24 in the last part, this master is saying he was delayed. The king had already warned the disciples that his coming is going to be delayed. It was not a surprise. It's just that they did not know. And the Bible says that people who have been entrusted to take care of responsibilities, who is the masters of the, or the leader of the house? It can be pastors, it can be fathers of homes. It can be people whom God has placed in responsibility. God is saying, if you've done, the, God has given you a gift or given you responsibility, God wants you to be faithful. Don't begin to drink and eat and live your life in wickedness because when the master comes, the Bible says he is going to uh, cut him into pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites. In that place, there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The Bible says, unfaithful servants, are also going to be sent to the place where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. They're going to go to eternal destruction. So the virgins that were not prepared for his coming, they were living in their own slumber. The Bible says even they, the Bible says, are going to go to a place, you know, that they're going to miss out the marriage supper of the Lamb. They're missing out. They cannot enter into that door. The Bible says about the servants that were unfaithful and spending their life and drinking and, 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 and doing all kinds of wickedness and, and mistreating other servants, they're going to be sent to eternal destruction. The Bible says God wants you to first spend your time being alert. Secondly, God says I want you to spend your time being faithful. Thirdly, God says I want you to spend your time being fruitful. The Bible talks about, in Matthew 25, verse 14 onwards, the, you all know the story. The Bible talks about the, the, the parable of the talents. And the master was going on a long journey, and he got one, five talents, one, two, and he got one, one talent. And he was delayed in his coming. In all these stories, 
the master was delayed in his coming. He was delayed in his coming and the one who had five made five more. The one who had two made two more. And the one who had one, he buried it in the ground. When the master came back, he asked for accounts. Just like Jesus is going to come back and ask us for accounts. The one who had five made five more and the master looked at him and said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into your rest. You have been faithful over little and I am going to make you faithful over much. I'm going to make you charge over much. Enter into the joy of your master. So the faithful one had two things. He was entering into the joy of the master and he was also going to be given charge over much. The one who made, had two made two more. The Bible says, and he goes to the master and says, have these two more. And the master says, welcome, good and faithful servant. He says, good and faithful. Enter into the joy of your master. And the Bible says, the third one came to the master and said, oh, I knew you're a hard man. And I know that you reap where you don't sow and gather where you no seed. I was afraid of you. Some people lived in fear of the master, but not working for the master. They were living in fear. Maybe they did not spoil their life in drunkenness and all kinds. But they were afraid of the master and did not multiply the gift that God gave them. And the Bible says, the master looked at him and said, you wicked and lazy servants. You knew that I reap what I didn't sow and gather what I no seed. Then you should have at least put my money in the bank. And on my arrival, I would have received my money back with interest. Therefore, take away the talent from this one man and give it to the one who has 10 talents. And for everyone who has, more shall be given. And the one will have an abundance. From the one who does not have, even the one that has, that little he has will be taken away. Throw out the worthless servants into outer darkness and the place will be weeping and gnashing. Unfaithful servant who did not multiply the fruit, the seed that God gave him. The seed that he could have multiplied, he did. God says such a person is going to be cut into pieces and thrown into outer darkness. And his is going to be taken and given to the one that had an abundance. God is going to give more. I want you to know those that are faithful in the many things God has given. I want you to know there's going to be an abundance when the king comes. Oh, what a glorious day that's going to be. I look forward and it's my desire that I want to be faithful in the many things that God has given. Because a day is coming where the judgment of God is going to come. And when he comes in glory, he's going to separate the sheep and the goat. Those that were faithful that served the Lord and those that were unfaithful. The sheep were the, the, the ones that believers that served God, fed him, clothed him, and were faithful to what he had asked. And the goats are the ones that were not faithful, did not look out for Jesus. And the Bible says the goats are going to go to eternal damnation. We do not want to be found there into eternal damnation. So if his coming is so close, then that we may not be ashamed of his coming, the Bible says in 1 John 2.28, let us continue in him. Every day let us continue at his coming. 1 John 2.28 says that we will not shrink away at the time of his coming. Hallelujah. Let us be alert as his coming. James 5 verse 7 to 8 says, therefore let us be patient that we would know when we see the signs, let us be patient and know that he is coming. Matthew's gospel 24 verse 42 to 44 says, Watch therefore, let us be awake, alert and be watching. And the Bible says in Hebrews 10 25, Let us be in fellowship. Let us be awaiting the coming of Jesus Christ. And let us not stop going to worship God 
as some are in the habit of doing, more so as you see the day drawing near. Which means the more you see he's coming, the more God encourages you and me, be in fellowship, worship the Lord, spend time with the Lord. Then the Bible says, as you say the day coming, carry and walk a gentle spirit. Gentle spirit. Philippians 4, 5 says, let your gentleness be known among all because the Lord is coming. 1 Timothy 6, verse 13 to 16 says, Because the Lord is coming, I charge you to keep the commandments of the Lord without spot or blame until the appearing of the Lord. Obey the Lord in everything until the appearing. Not say the sinner's prayer. Do you know nowhere in the New Testament does the Bible ask anybody to say the sinner's prayer? Then what does the Bible say? The Bible asks everybody not to pray the sinner's prayer, but to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and for the rest of your days to live blameless and spotless until his coming. It is not a formula prayer God is asking us to do. It is a submission of our life to Jesus as our King. That when he appears, the, the appearing of the Lord, our ruler, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives an inapproachable life, whom no one has seen or can see. To him be the glory forever and ever. God wants us to prepare for his coming. And when he's coming, the Bible says, there's going to be a crown. We are going to have a crown awaiting us. First Peter 5, 4 says, when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive an unfailing crown. Hallelujah. People of God, I want you to be ready for that crown. It's not going to be just some ordinary crown. It's going to be a crown of authority. It's going to be a crown of glory. It's going to be a crown of power. And that crown is going to give you eternal rewards as you wait for him. That is why the Bible says for everybody that is awaiting his coming, there is going to be a reward. In Hebrews chapter 9 verse 28, if you're awaiting his coming, living in such a way, there's going to be a reward. You know, the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 to 8, For I'm already being poured out as a drink offering, and my time of departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have run the race. I have kept the faith. In future is laid for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, it was going to award to me on that day, not only for me, but for everyone that has loved his appearing. The crown is for the people that are awaiting his coming. The crown are for the people that are living, saying, Maranatha, come soon, Jesus. I am awaiting your coming, Lord. The crown is for them. So if the crown is for you and me, I want you to know, don't let anybody steal your crown. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 11, Jesus tells the churches, he says, I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that nobody will take your crown. Satan is going to try to deceive you and he's going to try to see to it that he can take your crown. I want you to know, saints of God, do not let anybody deceive you or take your crown. Live in such a way that the coming of the Lord, you know that Jesus is going to give you this crown of righteousness and not only for you, but for every one of us, you and me, and for everyone that's living every day waiting for his return. The Bible says in Revelation 22, verse 12 and 13, Behold, I'm coming quickly. My reward is with me, and I will give to everyone according to what he has done. This is not the Gospels. This is not the book of Hebrews. This is not before Jesus Christ. This is not for the, for the people of Israel. This is written in the book of Revelation 22, the last chapter of the Bible. Behold, I'm coming quickly. My reward is with me. There's a reward for you. 
But not just that. Who is it reward for? It says, my reward is with me and I will give to everyone, uh, not according to how he confessed the sinner prayer, according to what he has done. People of God, what he has done is not before receiving him as Jesus. What he has done is not talking about our past sins. What he has done is now that we have received him as Christ, how we are going to spend the rest of our days living for Jesus and loving Jesus. Where we're going to be alert and faithful and fruitful unto God. God is calling you and me to be fruitful, faithful and alert unto God. And if this is so, God wants to establish in us a blameless heart in holiness at his return. And how does God want us to do that? First Thessalonians 3.13 says, So that he may establish your hearts without blame in holiness before our Lord and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is going to establish our hearts in holiness. First Thessalonians 5.23 says, Now may the God of peace himself, let him sanctify you entirely. Let him sanctify you entirely. And may your spirit, soul, and body be preserved completely without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let him sanctify you completely. It does not say now that he has sanctified you. Yes, he has sanctified you. The Bible has a completed past that he has sanctified you. There is a present continuous that you are being sanctified. And there is a future perfection that he is going to completely sanctify you at his return. Don't let anybody fool you and say, oh, you are sanctified. So it does not matter how you live now. You got to live alert, faithful, and fruitful for his coming. Philippians 1 verse 10 says, so that you may be able to discern what is the best and maybe the pure and blameless, be pure and blameless until the day of the Lord, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. And finally, 1 John 3, verse 2 and 3 says, Dear friends, now we, like children of God, and what we shall be has not been made known. For we know when he appears, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Everyone who has this hope must purify himself just as he is pure. Everyone who has the hope that he is going to see Jesus when he returns, must purify himself just as he's pure. It's not saying that Jesus is made you pure. That is a sanctification. Everyone awaiting his coming must purify himself. Purify himself just as Jesus is pure, which means you now walk bringing glory to God, living a life that brings glory to God. But you may ask, what if I sin? The Bible says in 1 John 2, 1, if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father. Hebrews 4 says we can come boldly before the throne of grace where we'll find mercy and receive grace. But there has to be a sincerely desire in your heart, a sincere desire to be found pure just as he is pure. So that when he comes, he will have no trouble identifying you. Your colors will be clear and you will be awaiting the coming of the Lord. Saints of God, Revelation 3 and verse 20 says, behold, I stand at the door. And I knock, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come to him and I will sup with him and he will sup with me. Jesus is now inviting you to the marriage of the supper of the Lamb. And he's saying to the churches in Revelation 3.20, not to unbelievers, but to the churches, behold, I stand at the door. In Matthew 24, he prophesied, I'm at the door. 
But to the churches in Revelation, he says, I'm at the door. If you think that Matthew 24 was written to unbelievers, I want you to know Revelation chapter 3 is written to the believers. Where the Bible is saying, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, I'm going to come and we are going to sup together at the marriage supper of the Lamb. If you will open your door to him, he will come in. I want you to know there are many churches today whose doors are not open to Jesus. And so much so, many hearts today whose doors are not open to Jesus. If you and I will open our doors, he will come in and he will, we will be together with him at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Saints of God, the King is at the door. Open your hearts and we will be with him. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons, please do visit us at wicc.in.